same channel. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, January 5th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. After Alaska voters chose her to serve the remainder of the late Congressman Don Young's term and then re-elected her, Representative Mary Paltola was prepared to take her oath of office Tuesday for her first full term. But she spent her morning on the House floor where she sat through three successive rounds of voting that failed to elect a new House speaker, something that hasn't happened in a century. But then again, these are not ordinary times, and Paltola is no ordinary politician. KNBA's Rhonda McBride looks back on some of the things that set her. This has been an amazing journey that we have all been on together in Alaska. That was back on November 8th, when Mary Paltola learned she was the top vote-getter in her fight to keep her job in Congress, probably the only U.S. representative to walk the halls of the nation's capital wearing mukluks, hand-sewn boots made of skins and fur in the Yupik tradition. I'm just happy and joyous. Marie Mead is a well-known Yupik culture bearer and says she's happy Washington, D.C. finally has someone who embraces Yuyahak. For me, Yuyahak is just being human to live and to survive, to live honorably. Mead says she felt pride as she watched Peltola practice Yuyahak, a philosophy on life that encourages interconnectedness, balance, and respect for others, even those you disagree with. Mead was not the only Alaska native to notice Peltola's approach to politics and its potential. Whether you're Democrat or Republican, she was able to identify with both sides and was able to connect with them, and I think that was the secret that people seem to really latch on to. Senator Donnie Olson, an Anupiat from the Bering Sea region, served with Peltola in the state legislature. He says cultural values like the Yuyahak are shaped by Alaska's harsh environment. You cannot have anybody that's adversarial. You need to help somebody else if they're in need of food, in need of shelter, in need of friendship, in need of anything. As a state lawmaker, Peltola was known for her ability to work across the aisle. She even became friends with Sarah Palin when she was governor, a friendship that continued even after Palin stepped into the race for Congress. During a candidate's debate at the Alaska Federation of Natives Convention, Palin, a Republican, acknowledged her special relationship with a Democrat. And let me tell you, I've been involved in politics for 30 years in Alaska, from local level on up, but this is the toughest campaign. Because of her, Mary is and we are in Mary's house, and I know that. Um, and uh, love her dearly, I'm as proud of her as all of you are. You saw it with her and Sarah. It was that relationship that was more important than the partisanship, that relationship that was more important than the politics and maybe how politicians treat and regard each other nowadays. It was so inspiring and real. <laughs> Anton McParlin, 
who is Peltola's campaign manager, says he's never worked with a politician so skillful at building those across-the-aisle relationships. There are like aspects of her Yupik upbringing that she would share with me, how one speaks more in the affirmative than the negative. It didn't hurt Peltola that Senator Lisa Murkowski, a Republican, endorsed her candidacy over the two Republicans in the race, Palin and Nick Bagich. But Art Hackney, a consultant for Bagich, says Peltola's election was probably due to the new ranked choice voting system more than anything else, and an element of luck when Al Gross dropped out of the special election. For whatever reason, Al Gross, who was the top vote getter on the Democratic side, dropped out and left it all to her. So everybody on the Democratic side was able to get behind her, which means she didn't have to run a tit-for-tat primary campaign. Hackney says Peltola may have bipartisan appeal, but it was Palin's entry into the race which split the vote between the two Republicans and paved the way for Peltola. It left her a free ride to go be what she certainly is that everybody knows her for, which is charming. And that's wonderful. She is charming, and she does know a lot. But at the same time, the proof of the pudding will be in the eating. It depends on what she actually does back there. Jim LaBelle, a retired Alaska Native Studies and History professor, hopes what Peltola does is to continue to draw upon her Native culture. One person can make a difference. And sometimes you don't know who that's going to be or when that's going to happen. But when we are rooted in our values, uh, wanting to do good for our fellow man, yeah, it could be just that congruence of time and space that Mary is at that could be that one person. And for now, Mary Peltola is that one person who has Alaska's lone vote in the House. In Anchorage, I'm Rhonda McBride. Sitkins making cakes and pies this holiday season hit a bit of a snag when local grocery stores were sold out of eggs. But the problem wasn't unique to Sitka. An egg shortage has hit the nation and Alaska is feeling it acutely. An outbreak of the avian flu in Washington state has drastically slowed egg shipments north. Many rural communities have only one or two grocery stores, so their options are even more limited. KDLG's Izzy Ross reports. On a recent snowy afternoon, Michael Yinkst scans the dairy section at the Dillingham AC grocery store. I came here to look for eggs. Tomorrow is my birthday and I was hoping to make some uh, banana cream pie, but it looks like we're going to be out of luck for a while. People across Alaska are running into egg shortages. Many are posting pictures of signs and empty shelves on social media. Even large grocery chains like Fred Meyer are limiting how many eggs people can buy. Rural areas are getting hit especially hard because many only have one or two grocery stores, which leaves them with fewer options. And the shortages aren't expected to let up anytime soon. It's not good news uh, in any way. It's really farm dependent. Kyle Hill is the president of the Alaska Commercial Company, or AC which has 35 stores in the state and calls itself the largest retailer in rural Alaska. It gets most of its eggs from Washington state, and one of those providers, Oakdale Farms, was recently hit by the avian flu. They've had to unfortunately deal with over a million birds that have had avian flu in that farm. So um, there's huge supply issues in the sense that we're struggling to get any eggs at all. When they can get eggs, it's just a trickle. 
Hill says AC is trying to let its suppliers know that rural communities don't have a lot of options when it comes to groceries. If AC doesn't have eggs, that means an entire community might not have eggs. And that's a food security issue. But Hill says it's tough because they're competing with large national chains. They are trying to leverage their national scale and their um, national distribution to get eggs from elsewhere. But, you know, when it comes down to it, there's only so many eggs out there. Hill says pressuring suppliers only goes so far. It's a supply and demand issue, and all retailers are pushing their suppliers. It is a fight because every retailer is making their case to the same suppliers. And then this isn't even just a specific Northwest issue. Down in Texas over the holidays, a friend said that they saw eggs at $9 a dozen because they have a farm down there that's having avian flu issues. So it's really farm dependent. Those prices aren't going to be any cheaper in rural Alaska. And when supplies run low, costs go up. At the front of the store, Sarah Nanaluk waits for fellow shoppers. She and several others traveled about 30 miles over the tundra on snow machines from their hometown of Manakotuk to Dillingham to go shopping. We only have uh, one small trading store, which is owned by Manakotuk Native Limited. There's no other store. Nanaluk says the price of eggs has skyrocketed. So for Christmas, I had to buy two dozen for almost, I mean, almost $20. Another option is home-raised eggs. Alicia Swan peruses the dairy aisle, but not for eggs. That's because she and her family own chickens. Out of 17 birds, we're averaging anywhere from six to nine eggs a day. That's pretty good. But it's not easy to keep chickens in rural Alaska, especially in the winter when chickens tend to produce fewer eggs. It can be complicated getting feed here, especially during the winter. You have to continually give them water because it freezes, keep them warm. So yeah, we give them extra light to keep them laying eggs. They kind of have a vacation during the winter. (laughs) And what about Michael Yingst and his birthday banana cream pie? He's trying to come up with a new plan. Researching egg substitutes and see if there's anything else I can use as a replacement for eggs, but they're uh, kind of irreplaceable when it comes to a lot of things, so hope we'll figure that out. Dillingham's other grocery store, Bigfoot, uses different suppliers and got a delivery of eggs on Wednesday. Meanwhile, AC expects a shipment to stores throughout the state by the end of next week, but it anticipates the shortage will last for at least a couple months. In Dillingham, I'm Izzy Ross. Taking a look at the community calendar. All are invited to preschool story time at 10.30 a.m. on Thursdays at Sitka Public Library. Braveheart volunteers invite all to paint buoys at 5 p.m. today at Sitka Sound Science Center. Paints and materials are provided for the self-directed activity. For more information, call Michelle at 907-752-0472. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.